everyone, my name is Piers Ridiard, CEO of RDX Works, the core developer of the decentralized finance protocol Radix, and this is the DeFi download. Today we're going to be actually having a special edition where we are interviewing Alex Mashinsky, CEO of Celsius, uh, to talk a little bit about what's going on in the market today, because I think everyone is interested to sort of get a bit more depth into why things are happening the way they are and what people are thinking is going to happen on the way forwards and uh, what lessons we can learn. So. Alex, you've just come back from Permissionless, right? Which is a, a conference out in the US. Um, did, like, what what was your first, what, what did you expect when you went to the conference, and what are you actually seeing at the moment? Um, so, first, it was portrayed as the largest DeFi event. Uh, uh, so, I think it's kind of like competing with ETH Denver or whatever. Uh, but uh, I think between seven and eight thousand people. Uh, again, everybody was giddy. The parties were. Uh, all over. We had our community event, so we're we're on the quiet side. You know, we don't uh, we don't have flashy parties, but some other people had like really uh, heavy things going on. And uh, so, so overall, I, I felt that yes, yeah. Uh, well, it's not our brand. You know, our brand is more <laughs> about um, um, you know consistent and quiet uh, performance, not uh, you know. Uh, not getting, uh, uh, you know, hammered and uh, um, not waking up the next morning. So, um, but uh, the point is that that um, I felt the, the people were a little too giddy after uh, after Luna, right? So, so the Luna USD uh, debacle that didn't seem to register. The lesson have not been learned. Uh, unfortunately, so I think uh, people are still thinking that it's uh, game on, everything just like it used to be, and uh, the sh you know the shoe hasn't dropped yet. So let's let's talk about Luna, right? Because like Luna um, uh, was an asset that you guys supported on your platform. Um, so like, how did you? What was your first like relationship with Luna, and how did that sort of begin? What made you decide that that was something you guys wanted to support? Uh, and you know, sort of, how did that change over over the over the period of time that sort of Luna's uh, rise and spectacular fall has happened? Yeah, so we don't have any special relationship. It's not like you know. I think uh, there were uh, stuff in the news that about Jump and other companies who obviously invested in the project Galaxy, you know, Three Arrows and so on. We never invested. We never lent to Luna. We don't have any uh, special relationship, marketing relationship or anything like that, right? So our community asked us to add uh, both Luna and USD to the wallet because they obviously hold a lot of those assets. And uh, we did that. And, uh, you know, when, you, when, when they give you these coins, you have to deploy them. You can't uh, pay high yield on on uh, uh, Luna USD if you're not deploying the coin. So so we had to put them to work just like everybody else is. And, and when we were in the protocol, um, you know, um, again we did not have any special info. It's not like we knew something bad is about to happen and we jumped out first. We just have a very strict uh, risk and uh, uh, security monitoring protocols. And when something depegs. Uh, we first go to the sidelines and then we make decisions. So this was more about just practice. And and I remember I was talking to the team. I said, look, guys, as long as the the market cap of Luna is greater than the market cap of USD, I think everything is going to be fine. If, if the market starts dropping and becomes negative, things are going to get in trouble. So don't wait until 
it's negative, right? The minute you see it dropping and you see that it's gonna, it's in the trajectory to get there, uh, you need to take action. So the, I, I give, again, unfortunately, a lot of other people who were asleep or were on vacation or were with their families uh, didn't, you know, not everybody can monitor this stuff 24 seven. We have uh, just our security team is, is 40 people. Our risk team is 20 people or so. So, um, and that's the benefit of using Celsius because you, you get to uh, rely on, on these teams to <clears throat> do the work that none of us has time to do, not the research, not the execution. And, um, you know, I really feel that uh, we help the, the, at least the Celsius community minimize uh, losses on these platforms. So the, so this was like your risk-based approach. So every asset that you add, you guys take a risk-based approach to that asset and you have sort of things that you think are the trigger points. So, I mean, it was, it was a substantial amount of money, right? It's about $500 million, so like half a billion dollars that you guys uh, pulled out to protect your, your, your underlying customers, which is amazing. What, what do you, what do you now like take? as personally and what do you think the DeFi market as a whole should be taking as lessons from this from the lunar collapse and what pain if any do you think is still yet to come like what what else is going to happen from now going forwards well so DeFi remember Celsius created yield before DeFi DeFi is almost like a just a uh, you know, a smart contract copy of Celsius, right? And and people thought that, oh, look, we can do it so easily with uh, just a few smart contracts and a few bridges. Uh, but the reality is, is that we're seeing that obviously the complexity is much greater than anyone expected. And all the people who are pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into brand new protocols are realizing that that may not be a very smart idea. So, so at Celsius, we do our own audits. We, we review projects uh, very carefully, and we only add things after we kind of feel that they are, um, they have certain level of maturity. Uh, and we reject, I would say, probably eight or even nine out of 10 projects that are submitted to us. People say, oh, why don't you put some money on my protocol, you know? So, so I feel that um, the industry going forward is going to have much higher bar as far as um, what it takes to launch something. Uh, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, again, we, we still have a lot of uh, hacks, a lot of problems that are happening all the time. And, and uh, uh, so every time something like this happens, we're losing more and more community members. We, we're getting more and more people wrecked. And these people leave crypto, right? They don't stay. It's not like they go get a loan and put more money to work. They're done. They're out. So now we have to go back and find, you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of new customers, uh, which is obviously always uh, painful. Celsius went through five winters, right? And and every winter, every crypto winter, we learn new lessons. But uh, the key for, for us is that we are uh, the slow and steady player versus the the fast and, uh, you know, reckless. And, uh, you know, that's what we've grown our community, grown our user base so those are the things that i think make a big difference but like what like if you're a DeFi protocol right and you're building you're building in this space what what should what should you as a founder as a founding team take away as a lesson from from this about how you build going forwards like yeah so one important lesson is again uh minting 
more tokens or creating inflation and calling it yield uh, yeah. is not going to work anymore, right? Just, just because you are uh, showering tokens on people and you're hoping the community is going to grow and, and that your community is growing faster, the inflation of the tokens, that is not a sustainable business model. Again, at, at Celsius, we're, we're earning the yield, right? So people actually pay us. A third party pays us interest, pays us for the use of the capital, uh, and then we share that with our community. So that's very, very different than us going to our treasury, creating some kind of a fake yield and telling everybody, look, you're earning 18%. You know, and so on. So, so those are the, so I think people are building new protocols have to innovate, right? Just forking this or that protocol and calling yourself something else. And all these projects are forks, right? I mean, very little innovation. Yeah. Um, so the last two years, basically. Yes, exactly. So, so I think, um, you know, we're here to innovate. We're here to create things like Celsius X, Crossbridge, Layer Zero, Crossbridge, Right. Uh, functionality where there's no nothing to hack and we have proof of reserves on top of it with with chainlink uh, CCIP with chainlink so those are the that's innovation right that's that's a solving a cross chain problem of liquidity of uh, accessibility of instant settlement and uh, so I think again uh, we need to raise the bar we have to look at each other and again figure out okay how do we collaborate how do we work together and uh, stop chasing uh, short-term uh, rewards. I think that's, but that's actually one of the things that I love about bear markets. Like you, you see the majority of innovation coming out of bear markets, and because the reason being is that your 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 barrier, your bar for value creation in terms of what you're actually doing is higher because capital is more cautious. So you have to you have to get over a certain threshold for capital to go. Well, even though the market conditions aren't great, this looks like such a good innovation, such a good opportunity that I'm going to put money behind it. And so you end up getting slower capital, people who are thinking more about investing in the long term in, 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 into things that they see real utility and value in. But you also get teams that don't aren't under this like huge pressure to deliver something new quickly every like month or three months or whatever, because what the market wants is just new things to put capital in then the bar becomes very low so you end up getting a large amount of crap at the top the other the other thing i think so i'm i'm really excited to see what this next um sort of bear cycle is going to create in the DeFi space because i think that there's some really interesting innovations that have happened right like Continuous function market makers are really interesting. The idea of creating, you know, as you say, like things like Aave and Compound are a decentralized version of, of things like Celsius. But the, the fact you can then stitch those together with other applications like Uniswap so that you can do flash loans against things, like all of those kind of like core innovations, I think are really interesting. Now, was there too much leverage in there? Yes. Was there token designs that meant that, you know, you had yields of 3000% that were unsustainable. And actually what happens is it was the early people who are using the late later people as their exit liquidity. Yes. All of those things need to change. I think for me, one of the big lessons that I take away from this is also that market cap is not market value. Right. Like if your if your market cap of Luna is 26 is, is two billion dollars. 
but the market depth is only $100 million or $200 million. It doesn't require $2 billion to take it to zero. It only takes $200 million to take it to zero. And I think that the, these, these, these ideas of the secondary market actually being the most important market to look at when you're building DeFi protocols, especially around things that are collateralized by something else, that that's going to be more important. And I'm sure it's something you guys think about as well, right? Your liquidation risk versus market capitalization. You probably look at the volume, traded volume more than you do the total market cap. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the components. There's others as well. Uh, I think the in an up market, um, everything works perfectly because, again, there's many, many people joining and prices are going up and everybody's just piling on top. Uh, but what's happening in the down market uh, where people are leaving organically and then you have short, short sellers piling up and that basically these things accelerate dramatically. And I think... People did not expect Luna to collapse in two days, right? So, so people have never seen that because uh, most of the participants in this market, that's their first winter. You know, at Permissionless, I, I did a panel, it was standing room only. And I was like, okay, for whom it's the first winter? And then, you know, most, most people raise their hands, you know. So, so I think, um, so that tells you that people don't understand the dynamics or how, uh, what affects, what creates that price? What creates that market cap? And, um, you know, the sharks of, on, of Wall Street are here. They're, they're patrolling our waters now. And anyone right. who's uh, weak or vulnerable or whatever gets uh, bitten, bitten by, by the sharks, you know? So, so Luna was a, um, its own ecosystem. And uh, uh, luckily, again, it did not, uh, Cascade or did not collapse with it. Many, many other uh, projects like Lehman Brothers did in 2008, where we, basically every every bank was vulnerable because the short sellers were just going from one uh, bank to the next. Uh, here, you know, it was Luna UST, uh, but they were they immediately started testing the other protocols or the other stable coins to see who and what. And just like Wall Street, you know, you're seeing a rebound. Like uh, yesterday was a big uh, rebound day uh, for the tech stocks, for the, the beaten up tech stock, because the short sellers realize, oh, gosh, you know, we can't really lean on these things anymore. Let's buy back. And you see things going up 10 or 15%, just like they were going down 10 or 15%. So, so people have to understand that everything works both ways. You know, like, uh, you know, everybody who's shorting something also have to buy it back. And when they buy it back, it's 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 it spikes to the to the upside. So, like with Ter like with Terra um, and with Luna, I do think that there is still some pain to come. Like, I think that there's a bunch of there's a bunch of projects that were using uh, UST as their treasury, right? Um, and I think some projects have now got massively shortened runways and that's going to affect you know the number of teams that are working on things um and I, i'm really curious to see what the regulatory response is going to be here do you, do you do you have a view on what that might be yeah unfortunately i agree with you that that definitely some project is going to get hurt and that's really the most painful part is people who are innovating who are right. building the future of finance 
their dreams are going to get cut uh, short because, um, you know, um, their, their assets or their treasury basically disappeared, right? So uh, the regulators, you know, like they're obviously the bank lobby, the, 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 all the people who don't want us to succeed are going to use this uh, in every way possible to convince lawmakers and regulators all over the world that you see, guys, we told you this is going to be a disaster. You allowed people to try new things, and that's really, really bad, you know? So so shut them down. We don't need any innovation. You know, we we want everyone to use banks and, and uh, you know, pay us fees forever. We have an amazing franchise here. Uh, the last thing we want is any kind of financial innovation. So how do you think we can fight that? Like what, what can the industry do to help prevent that, that future coming where regulators come in with draconian regulation around this? Well, we have to be responsible adults, right? I mean, uh, we have to show uh, these people that some things we're building are uh, reliable, they're consistent, they are used by a broad set of the population uh, in a good way. Uh, for example, sustainable yield, right? You mentioned uh, Ava and Compound and so on. Celsius uses all those platforms. Sometimes we are a borrower on, on those platforms. Sometimes we are a, a lender, uh, but it's a collaborative effort. It's not, uh, we're not competing with the DeFi guys. You know, we're, right. CFI and DeFi are two sides of the same coin, right? So, so um, and Celsius X, uh, uh, that's our project, our DeFi project that is a cross-chain interoperability uh, uh, stuff is a great example of how we're contributing. We don't charge any fees on that. It's not like a, we make a, a lot of money. It's a, it just helps move liquidity between projects, helps all the DeFi guys. Uh, so I'm definitely inviting everybody again to work together and then show regulators, lawmakers that this is a reliable and sustainable uh, future. So do, when, like, what do you think... Um, what do you think the market's going to do from here? Like, what's your predictions for the next six months, nine months, one year? Yeah, so, you know, I, I see a lot of people are very confused. They're like, they're seeing, okay, the war in Russia and the, the economic uh, uncertainty and the Fed and inflation, and, and they don't understand how all these things are connected. But really, it's all working together. And then if we unpack that, right, if you look at the crypto market, the crypto market always tracks the stock market. So it's watches the stock market, right? Whatever the stock market does, it's like a tail on the dog. It wags much harder. The crypto market wags much harder than, than the dog itself. The crypto market is watching uh, the Fed. So it's like a dog watching its uh, owner. Okay, what does the owner do? I'm going to do the same thing, right? And in this case, the, the, the Fed is watching inflation. And inflation is, again, is it a rainy day or is it a shiny day, right? And un until now, for several months, we had uh, storms gathering, clouds gathering, right? Every, every month, they printed higher and higher numbers. And because of that, the Fed basically is just focused on the weather. They could care less if the dog is hungry or not, if, uh, if you know, so, so here... Nothing is going to happen. The markets are not going to improve until the clouds uh, uh, disappear. And, and for us to see the clouds disappear, we need at least two or three months 
of lower CPI numbers. So we, we went from 8.5 to 8.3. So we have one small decrease. We need much larger decrease. We need to go to the seventh and then the sixth for the Fed to say, okay, we got inflation back tamed in the box. And obviously a lot of that already happened with the markets collapsing and, uh, you know, like companies, the, the, there's no funding to be had. All the SPACs are dead, right? So a lot of that already took place. Uh, a lot of steam has been taken out of the out of the engine, uh, but uh, we still need to see consistently lower inflation, which will come down the stock market. The, then the stock market is going to come down the crypto market. So I would say three to four months before we see upside movement. Okay, so three to four months of uncertainty, potentially more downside. Um, more sort of like responses to the first wave. Like I, I think that, you know, much as like in, in crypto, if, you know, people were using UST as their treasury, um, as well as, you know, just lower token prices in general, in the traditional markets, you're going to see companies failing as well um, because they can't raise funds or because um, a lot of their growth was fueled by VC money or, 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 or similar things. Um, and that I think that's also going to loop into, as a result, economic contraction, because um, you're going to see that, like, at least from the point of view of consumers getting worried about spending. Um, so I think, I think I, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely aligned with, with your view on this, this first bump just being the start and that there's going to be some settling out to work out whether or not um, the it, it's just a it's just a scare or it is actually going to start press um, start an economic recession uh, a global economic recession um, in the case of a global economic recession like do you think that's good for the crypto market or do you think that's bad for the crypto market so uh, on top of everything we talked about uh, you know again shutting down Russia the ninth largest economy in the world is almost like guaranteeing that we're going to get into a recession. I don't know if it's a light recession or depression or whatever, but, but um, uh, between the supply chain disruptions, uh, COVID raging in China and other places, uh, all of this economic uncertainty, uh, a lot of capital being lost, right? I mean, I think something like $27 trillion was lost in the stock market and other asset uh, classes uh, just in the last uh, six months. So you don't take a hit like that and just keep walking. So we're definitely going to have major consequences. And, um, you know, all, everybody's going to be adjusted to, to a new level, a new um, uh, uh, process. So, you know, again, strong projects, strong companies are going to do well. And uh, people who are... Uh, who were swinging to the fences and just, uh, you know, uh, promising crazy yields that are not sustainable are just not going to be around, right? So, but a lot, look, a lot of that talent is going to recycle. I don't think that talent is going back to Google or Facebook or whatever, right? So, right. so they're either going to start new companies or they're going to join other companies and we're going to fertilize uh, the good projects, like you said before. Uh, so definitely there's going to be, we, I, you know, I'm old enough to have seen this, with the 2000 boom and, you know, and then all the others that came after. And, and um, you know, so I think we're, uh, we learned our lessons, or at least some of us have learned our lessons and we're going to uh, do the right thing going forward. 
Awesome. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Um, I it, it, it always always a pleasure talking with you, but it's great to get you on to sort of talk a bit about the markets as well. Is there anything that you would uh, sort of like to add or leave with before we uh, before we wrap it up? Yeah. So look, I, I want to call call the community, everybody who's watching this, to to make sure that they understand that uh, we all have responsibility to grow crypto. If we don't build it. Uh, we're all going to end up with the banks and with what, uh, you know, like uh, ATM machines from 1975, you know. So so if we we have to educate others, we have to uh, make sure that we bring, uh, continue to bring new people into the industry and that we support uh, the projects that are uh, viable here, right? I mean, if, if, if uh, we think it's somebody else's job, then uh, nothing's going to happen. So... So pulling our weight, right, uh, uh, and really building a community is what's going to make the difference between this industry being the future of finance or just being an experiment that's written in the history books as, oh, look, a bunch of people tried to reinvent finance, but they failed, you know? I, th- I think that's absolutely true and super powerful. Like, it is a huge potential, but it's fragile, and it's up to us to make sure that it actually comes about 100%. Alex, such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me back. Talk to you later.